Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Tuesday, February 25th, 2020. It's Jay Zawoski with you here on Lockdown Blackhawks. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day and the trade deadline has come and gone and the guys we expected to be traded have been traded. The guys we thought would stay have remained. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to get to. Before we do that, I want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. Remember, talk back Thursday this week. Talk back Thursday, 708-653-0572. Want to get your thoughts on the trade deadline and all things Blackhawks? Email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. The Twitter account at LO underscore Blackhawks. My personal account at jzawoski670. And, of course, the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast at Madhouse Pod. New episode of that dropped last night so make sure you check that out James Naveau and I broke down the trade deadline and a whole lot more so here we go let's recap what happened on Monday for the trade deadline we all knew Eric Gustafson was going to be traded and we were correct he was traded for a third round pick from the Calgary Flames it is a conditional pick whichever of the two third round picks the Flames hold in the 2020 draft the Blackhawks will receive the better of those two picks. So um, about what you'd expect for Eric Gustafson, maybe people thought you might get a fourth thrown in there, or a fifth or something like that, but a, a third-round pick, a conditional pick, it's hard to get too upset about it. Remember, um, everyone that listens to this podcast, for the most part, really hates Eric Gustafson, and uh, <laughs> no one wants him back. No one's sad he's gone. So you have to look at it from the perspective of the team trading for him they also know he's not the world's greatest defenseman, but a third-round pick is about what I thought they would get for him, and that's what they got. The big trade happened kind of late. The Blackhawks trade Robin Leonard, well, what it appeared to be to the Vegas Golden Knights, but here is the official trade. This is the official Blackhawks release. The Blackhawks announced Monday that they have acquired goaltender Malcolm Subban, defenseman Slava Demin, who I will call Denim for the rest of my life, and a second-round pick in the 2020 NHL Draft from the Vegas Golden Knights. To complete the trade, the Blackhawks sent goaltender Robin Leonard to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for unsigned draft point Martins Zirkus. Leonard and Zirkus, I'm sorry, Zirkles, were subsequently traded to Vegas. Subban's contract has an AAV of $850,000 and is signed through this season. Malcolm Subban, 5-0 in shootouts. The Blackhawks went out of their way to point that out. But his NHL record 9-7-3 with a 3.18 goals against average and an 8.90 save percentage. Not good numbers for Malcolm Subban. This is his third team since being drafted. So who knows what this means for his future. Stan Bowman said on Monday that him and Delia and Lankin would sort of battle it out for the backup job with Corey Crawford. I'm not really sure how you're going to battle it out when two guys are in Rockford. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that whole thing shakes out. Um, look, I know everyone was expecting more for Robin Leonard. I was too. And it's difficult to not be frustrated about the way things went down. And, um, you know, I think that as we look at the deadline here, we've got to try to look at things through clear eyes and through the perspective of the rest of the league from the perspective of the Blackhawks. And I know it's very easy to be pissed off at Stan Bowman. I get it. I understand it. I agree with you if you feel this way that he should probably be fired. 
for myriad reasons, starting with the Brent Seabrook extension and pretty much a bunch of failures since then. The fact that Jeremy Cowden hasn't worked out. There's a lot of reasons, a lot of justifications you could have for firing Stan Bowman. But from what I was told, from my best source all day, the Hawks took the best deal they were offered for Robin Leonard. And as the trade deadline was approaching and nothing was happening, I saw a lot of you people. What do you mean, you people? I saw a lot of you people on Twitter who were upset that the Hawks had not made a move yet saying, trade him for anything. You can't just let him leave. Well, they got a second, they got a goaltending prospect, and they got another prospect in the deal. The other deal I'm told from Carolina, I can't share specifics, but if you knew this, you would laugh. You would laugh at the offer Carolina gave up. I will tell you for sure that first-round pick was not involved. So the Hawks did their due diligence. There were not a lot of teams looking to acquire a goalie, and they took the best deal that was made available to them, and it's not going to blow anybody's doors off. That's for sure, but it is what it is, and this is what we have. So curious, as this trade went down, I wanted to look back at some of the in-season goaltender trades that have been made over the past few years, and good for me, Shayna Goldman of The Athletic did this back in December of 2019. And it's hard to find a goalie quite as great as Robin Leonard that was acquired at the deadline, but let's do our best here, okay? The closest one I could find, February 27th, 2017. I'm sorry, February 26th, 2017. The LA Kings acquire Ben Bishop who is a rental, and a 2017 fifth-round pick for Peter Budai, Eric Cernak, a 2017 seventh-round pick, and a 2017 conditional pick from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, not a huge return. Yeah, there were some other players swapped in that deal, just like the Blackhawks acquired Malcolm Subban and Slava Demon in the trade, but it's similar, right? Similar return for an in-season trade. James Reimer. On February 27th, 2016, was acquired by the San Jose Sharks along with Jeremy Morin from the Leafs for Ben Smith, Alex Stalock, and a third-round pick. So as you look back on these deals, this is kind of how it goes during midseason trades. It's not There's not often huge returns for goalies. Even if you look at some of the off-season goalie trades, Carolina got Scott Darling from the Hawks for a third-round pick. The Blackhawks traded Antti Ranta to the Rangers for a, for Ryan Haggerty. Straight up. The Devils got Corey Schneider from Vancouver for a first-round pick back in 2013. But that's an off-season trade, and at the time, Corey Schneider was considered one of the best goalies in hockey. So I know we expected a lot more for Robin Leonard, but with goalies, you got to remember, there's a limited market, and other teams got to be on board with making a trade. And I assure you, from what I heard, the Blackhawks got the best deal available for Robin Leonard. Everybody wishes it was more. Maybe if they had made this decision earlier, it would have been more. But a week ago, two weeks ago, the Hawks were still in a playoff race and felt like they had a chance at getting a playoff spot. Since then, it's all fallen apart. Now the Hawks have not a ton to show for their two assets, but instead of Leonard and Gustafson walking away for nothing, you've got a third-round pick, you've got a second-round pick, you've got a goaltending project 
that could blossom into something decent. And you've got Slava Demon, who is defense partners with Ian Mitchell at the University of Denver. So you've got some assets to show for your two biggest assets that you moved at the deadline. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Zawoski with you here reacting to the NHL trade deadline. Monday, the Blackhawks traded Robin Leonard to the Golden Knights for Malcolm Subban and Slava Denim. <laughs> I did it again. Slava Demon. I'm just going to write Demon, 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 Demon. I'm going to have to say it over and over and over again. Yes, Malcolm Subban and Slava Demon and traded Eric Gustafson to the Calgary Flames for a conditional third-round pick the better of the Calgary Flames to third round picks in this upcoming draft. Now that I've sort of given the, I don't want to say devil's advocate perspective, but the reality of what happened today. Okay. that That's today is, is what it was. I'm not as outraged as a lot of people are about what was done today. Okay. I'm simply not. Now that I've said that, I want to make it clear that if I was in charge of the Chicago Blackhawks, Stan Bowman and Jeremy Cowton would be looking for new jobs as soon as this season ends. Okay, We have plenty of time to discuss Jeremy Cowton's future, and we will as the season goes on, and I'm sure we'll get some questions about that on Talk Back Thursday. So today I want to focus on Stan Bowman. And I was talking about this today on Twitter before any of these deals were made, and I said, look, Everyone's tweeting, if XYZ doesn't happen, then Stan Bowman should be fired. Stan Bowman should have been fired long ago. And I stand by that. I believe that. I said that the Brent Zebra contract was a fireable offense in its own. And Mark Lazarus correctly challenged me and said, you're going to fire your GM three months after they win the Stanley Cup in 2015, which is a totally valid and fair argument. And while I was sort of hyperbolizing the fact that he should have been fired for that deal, that should have immediately put him on the hot seat and immediately put him under the microscope. Then you have two consecutive years with no playoffs. You fire Joel Quenville. You bring in Jeremy Cowton. Jeremy Cowton does not succeed as the Blackhawks head coach. It's going to be three straight years without a playoff berth. Your hand-picked head coach, Jeremy Cowton, has gotten the Blackhawks close to a playoff spot. And then as soon as they start to sniff success, they completely fall apart. And yes, some of the blame falls on the players. There's no doubt about it. But I think Sunday's loss to Dallas was a perfect example of Jeremy Cowton's lack of inspiration, lack of creativity as a head coach. When your coaching strategy is put Patrick Kane on the top line, that's not much of a strategy. And yes, Joel Quenville did that a lot when he was the Blackhawks head coach. But they also had a team full of really good players. And it was the break glass in case of deficit situation, right? And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But you still had Marion Hosa. And at some points you had Artemi Panarin or Brandon Saad. And you had Dave Boland. And you had Troy Brower and Brian Bickle and Tavo Teravainen. And how you can go through on and on and on about the Blackhawks' offensive depth players that they had when they were winning when Joel Quenville was coaching this team. Right now, you've got Ryan Carpenter as your second-line center. That's criti- That's something that should be criticized. You've got Dylan Strom, who you need to make a decision on contract-wise. You've got him playing wing when he's absolutely a center. You've got Alex Dabrinkit on the third line. 
all these weird Jeremy Cowan decisions. And how about the fact that it took forever to get Dominic Kubalik on the power play when he's second on your team in goals? All these little things, not to mention all the communication issues the players have had with him, all the veterans he's pissed off. And look, I don't have a problem with pissing off veterans. I said this year, and that's one of the things I gave Cowan credit for, was when Brent Seabrook wasn't playing well, he sat him. And he wasn't afraid to do that. So I can't talk out both sides of my mouth here. But there's a way to treat veteran players where you're not going to lose them and you're going to keep them invested. So with all that in mind, I don't think Stan Bowman should have a job next season. Because you look at the things he's done over the last few years, even this summer, when he brought in Andrew Shaw and brought in Calvin DeHaan, and I'm guilty. I'll, I'll point the thumb at myself. I was excited about those deals because I thought it absolutely addressed some of the things the Hawks needed to address with some toughness, with some north and south playing, with some stay-at-home defense. He also had the Oimata trade. But DeHaan, who is coming in with a bum shoulder, guess what? Re-injures the shoulder and is out for the year. Andrew Shaw comes in with a long concussion history. Guess what? Gets concussion, and no one has seen or heard from Andrew Shaw on the ice for a very long time, and it seems like he's going to miss the entire season. So two huge risks Stan Bowman took this offseason backfired and didn't work, and people need to be held accountable for their decisions. And why should Stan Bowman, after firing Joel Quenville, just last year, it feels like a lifetime ago, but it was just last year, his hand-picked coach, Jeremy Cowden, has been a failure at the NHL level. His hand-picked guy. Why should Stan Bowman have the opportunity to hire another head coach? Ask yourself that question. And I think the vast majority of Blackhawks fans agree with me on this. But here's the rub, and I mentioned this before, and I'm going to bring it up again because I know people don't listen every day. I said this last night on 670 The Score on Joe Ostrowski's show if you want to go check out the podcast on that. In June of 2019, so last summer, Elliot Friedman of Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet, reported that Stan Bowman had been rumored to have received a two-year contract extension. That was in June. Now, upon investigation, Stan Bowman had no comment. No news has come out of it since. Recent conversations I've had with some people around the trade deadline trying to find out some information for you guys, I was reminded of that fact. And that contract extension was basically verified for me. So I'm not sure if that affects his job status this summer. But keep that in the back of your mind when you're asking yourself, is Stan Bowman going to be held accountable for what's gone on this year and last year and the year before. After two consecutive playoff losses, it looks like he was signed to a contract extension. Ask yourself, where is the accountability from the front office that has shoved the term one goal down your throat for more than a decade? It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, trade deadline reaction show Jay Zawoski with you here. I want to remind you, check out the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Dropped last night, my other Hawks podcast with my partner, James Navo. James and I had some very different feels for the trade deadline, so we got into it a little bit. 
Good stuff. You're going to want to check that out. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, different content there. All right, so who do the Blackhawks have in Slava Demon? He was a fourth-round pick of the Vegas Golden Knights in 2018. Chris Peters, you can follow him on Twitter at Chris M. Peters. He is the NHL Draft and Prospects Analyst for ESPN. Yep, ESPN has one of those. He says the Blackhawks have good depth in their prospect pool on defense already, but Demon is a decent add, good size and mobility, plays a more physical game, and still developing on the same blue line as current Chicago prospect Ian Mitchell, which I mentioned before. I reached out to Ryan Wagman, who is the uh, lead prospect writer at McKean's Hockey. We have him on before every draft. He is terrific. I asked him about Slava Demon as well. He says he plays on a third pairing at Denver. He's no Ian Mitchell. I've never been a big fan. He does a lot of things okay, but nothing about his game has ever really stood out to me. In fairness, I haven't seen as much of UD, University of Denver, yet this season. He will probably spend all four years on campus before the Hawks make a decision on offering him a contract. So there's a look at Slava Demon. Apparently, this is a guy the Blackhawks have wanted for some time, someone that's been on Stan Bowman's radar. And here's what I will say. I'll give the Hawks some credit here, and I think anyone who will look at this thing optimistically will agree with me. Their amateur scouting is pretty damn good. Their drafting has been solid for the most part. Their European scouting has been really good. When you look at Panarin and Kubalik and Dominic Cahoon and David Kampf, Eric Gustafson was one of those. Michael Kempney was one of those. Antti Ranta was one of those. It goes on and on. Look, uh, Scott Darling was one of those. Amateur scouts have found these guys. That is where the Hawks really shine. So you don't know who Slava Demon is, and I didn't know who the hell Slava Demon was before today, but if it's a guy that the Hawks amateur scouting staff has had an eye on for some time, it should tell you something. It should tell you that it's someone who could pan out and contribute down the road. There's been so many of these moves that we look back on you know, a year or two later, and no one thought much of the Kubalik trade last season when it was made when the Hawks acquired him from the LA Kings, now all of a sudden, he's among your leading goal scorers. And he's going to probably finish the season with 30 goals. He's been terrific for the Hawks. So, giving credit where it's due, the amateur scouting and European scouts have done a really damn good job so far for the Hawks. Kubelik this season, 39 points in 60 games, including 26 goals. So, They've done a good job scouting European players, scouting amateur players, scouting college players. Uh, so hopefully that trend continues. Another guy they really liked but weren't able to sign was Drake Kajula. They eventually ended up trading for him, obviously. But that was a guy coming out of college that they really liked and really wanted to sign. And he chose Edmonton over Chicago. And the Hawks liked him so much they went and got him. And I think most Hawks fans agree, pretty happy with Drake Kajula's play as a Blackhawk when he's healthy. So, look... It's very difficult to look ahead to this deadline for as long as we have and to build up expectations for what the return might be. But when you look at it logically and you look at it from an unbiased perspective, which is what I always try to do. Yes, everyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm emotional about the Blackhawks. You've heard me pissed off after games. You've heard me pissed off after trades or whatever. But I'm happy that I had a few extra hours to absorb this trade deadline and really think about it critically before just reacting coldly out of reaction. I think what the Hawks got back today, 
is about right. Of course, I would have liked to see them get more. Of course, I would have liked a more NHL-ready player on the roster added. Right? Maybe a prospect that's played a handful of games in the NHL already. Of course. Of course, that would be preferred. But as much as I think Stan Bowman should be out of a job, I also don't think Stan Bowman's an idiot. I think he's on top of things. He said today he probably had 100 phone calls over the last few days with every team considering every option. And again, what I was told this morning, that Carolina was offering for Robin Leonard, I swear to you the Hawks would have been better off not taking the deal, keeping Robin Leonard, and trying to sign him between now and January or in, or in July 1st. I honestly believe that. So if the op, if the offer was what Carolina was offering and what they got, they absolutely took the better deal. There's no question about it. No question about it. So, look, be pissed off about Sam Bowman. Be pissed off about Jeremy Cowton. Be pissed off that the Blackhawks fell apart when they had a chance against teams they were chasing for playoff spots that they've only managed to win one damn game in regulation all month long and have two other wins that they picked up in overtime. One was a shootout win even. That's it. That's all they've been able to do all month when the ball was in their court and they had every opportunity to put themselves in a better spot and they blew it and Jeremy Cowton blew it. And now here we are, trade deadline the day after, and the Hawks sold Robin Leonard, who had been, aside from Patrick Kane, their MVP for most of the season, and Eric Gustafson for some draft picks and for some mid-level prospects. It is what it is. That's what happens when you fail. Now here's the question. Corey Crawford is your goalie for the rest of the season. Maybe Robin Leonard doesn't come back. Maybe he does. Maybe they try to sign him in the offseason. But if the recent rumors are true that Robin Leonard wants $9 million, you've got to start probably looking elsewhere for a goalie. You cannot wrap up $30 million in three players and Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, and Robin Leonard. You can't do that. It's not a success. to. It's not a formula to succeed. It's not. You thinking about bringing Corey Crawford back for a year? At three and a half, four million, maybe two years. I know he's a shot away from never playing again. He's a hitting his head against the goalpost from never playing again. But look at how he's played lately. He doesn't look old. He doesn't look tired. He looks like an all-star right now. And ask yourself this. Would you rather have Corey Crawford at three and a half or four or Robin Leonard at nine? And maybe that's the question Stan Bowman asked himself on Monday. By the way, I want to address this. There was a report from Mark Lazarus, and I'm not doubting it, came from a source. Mark Lazarus is plugged in. He's honest as they come. I always uh, believe what I see when Mark Lazarus says it. I have no reason not to. But after the deal was made, there was a report from Lazarus saying that Robin Leonard offered to take a three-year deal at a reduced price for the Blackhawks. That's the first time anyone had reported that. And part of me feels like, and I'm not, I'm not questioning Mark or the information he got. I think it's probably accurate. The information he got is probably accurate 
and that a source told him this. But you've got to keep in mind that a lot of sources will say things at the end of a deal to sort of change the narrative a little bit. I find it hard to believe that the Blackhawks were made aware that after two months ago, Robin Leonard saying, hell no, I'm not taking a discount. We're not made. If he changed his mind on that and wanted to stay and was willing to take fewer years and less money, that the Blackhawks didn't know that. And if they did know that, that they didn't assi- didn't agree to sign him. If that's all true, if the Hawks knew that Robin Leonard would sign for three years and less money and the Hawks opted not to do that, now the question becomes, to me, more about Robin Leonard than anything because he had a tremendous year last year in New York with the Islanders, won the Masterson Trophy, was a fan favorite, and they didn't want to sign him. Came to Chicago, was outstanding, all-star level play, carried the team for large stretches of the season. And if this report from Mark Lazarus is true, the Hawks didn't want to sign him. And now Robin Leonard is on his third team in how many years, right? And now you've got to ask yourself, as much as we all love what Robin Leonard brings to the team and the and the way he you know, talks about the game and the way he... Um, is honest and an open book. You've got to wonder why he hasn't been able to stick places. I truly believe that the Hawks thought and knew that Robin Leonard was going to sign or willing to sign a three-year deal at a reduced salary that they absolutely would have bit at that opportunity. So I don't know. I don't, again, I don't like Stan Bowman much as a GM anymore. I think he should be out of a job, but I also don't think he's a moron. I also don't think he's an idiot. So maybe there's a little bit something too. You know, maybe some teammates don't like how outspoken Robin Leonard is and how honest he is. I love that about him, but I'm not in the locker room every day. I don't have to take the ice with him every day. I don't have to work behind the scenes with him every day. We'll see. Let's see how it goes in Vegas. And if Vegas locks him up long-term, I think we have our answer that the flame falls on the Blackhawks and not Robin Leonard. And look, I don't want to blame anybody, honestly. I'm not saying that Robin Leonard's a bum, but it's just weird that if that's true and the Hawks knew that was true, why wouldn't they just sign him? Because we'd heard up until early or the end of last week that the Hawks and Leonard were still talking contract and that the question was term, not money. But if he's willing to take a three-year deal, what did the Hawks think he was going to sign for? A year, two years? No. No one thought that. No one in their right mind could think that. So try to, and this is what I'm trying to do, and maybe I'm giving the Hawks a little too much credit, but try to look at these things through the eyes of an objective observer. You're pissed. I'm pissed. We're all pissed the season is gone the way it's gone so far. But the reality is usually somewhere in the middle. That's how I'm trying to look at things again. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm giving the Hawks too much of the benefit of the doubt on this one. But I don't think, for all of his shortcomings, that Sam Bowman's a total idiot. That said, he should be fired. All right, thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back at it on Wednesday morning, reacting to tonight's game against the St. Louis Blues. Let's see if the Hawks can get their second win of the month. (sighs) Jesus. 
Oh, let's hope so, right? It's going to be a long rest of the year, but hey, who knows? Maybe the Hawks rally behind these moves and really get strong and, and make a play, push for the playoffs. When you look ahead to March, not as daunting of a schedule. Ducks, Oilers, Red Wings, Blues, Sharks, Senators, bad. Capitals, Wild twice, Sabres, Predators, Penguins, Stars, Kings, Canadians. And it's pretty home heavy. So maybe just maybe there's still hope. Maybe just maybe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven home games. And only four road games in March. We'll see. Let's hope they just keep it interesting so we have something to talk about until the end of the season. Thank you all so much for joining me here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you for your contributions. Don't forget, talk back Thursday, 708-653-0572, lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. I really appreciate your support. Here on episode 102 of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.